Hi, my name is Archer. I hate it when my dad listens to I doubt it when Donald. But Brittany is the best part. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome to the show. I am back. I am your host. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am Jesse Dalamore. Sitting across from me, lovely, talented, dutiful, Brittany Page. Yep. <laughs> All of the above. So we are back from our short, seemingly reoccurring hiatus because it seems like this is happening all the time it seems like it but it's not uh well it seems to me i don't like missing shows i know you really don't like missing shows well i don't like you giving the impression that we always miss shows is what i'm trying to get at because we are on episode 227 that is correct and how often have we missed episodes it's very rare in fact when it happens it's so rare that people write to us and say what is going on that is right we have several messages we're not going to read all of the messages. A few on Facebook, a few in Facebook comments, uh, a few emails, and let's let's immediately get to the bottom of why we have been gone or we were absent this previous episode on Wednesday, and that is because, uh, in an ongoing way, the audience knows that my neck has been. Uh, what's the word to put it delicately? Fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's less. It's less your neck. It's more your head. It's in a very weird kind of scary spot where you're having this pain. Right. I don't know how scary. It is alarming that it's not really my neck. It's kind of like I've said. If my skull is a helmet, it's at the base of the back of the helmet, and it is radiating down into my neck. And now I've got a fucking de- well, not this very moment. But I've been dealing with a debilitating headache the last several days. Mm-hmm. Crazy headache where even laying down in the dark doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. And the VA is very hesitant to give me any kind of actual pain remedy. In fact, mm-hmm. they give me nothing. Right. Well, they're just, also... Oh, you've got a giant bucket of ibuprofen from Costco? Good to go. Just take that. Well, they're also hesitant to to even give you an appointment. <laughs> Although you've successfully yeah. procured that. That is right. I navigated the the very efficient system at the Veterans Administration to get an appointment. Uh, if, if you haven't heard that, go back to previous episodes. I won't bore you. But I finally did get an appointment. I sat down. She scheduled me. She didn't schedule me. She referred me to the Veterans Hospital in Long Beach, California. They called me to set an appointment, and the appointment was going to be August 22nd. <laughs> Goddamn. I mean, it's, I'm laughing because it's so comical that it, it's tragic. Well, here, he, well, I'll tell you what. Let, 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 me, let me just give the, the rundown of what actually took place. I, I, I said, no, that's not going to work. That's ab- absurd. 
obscene that you would try to get me to. This has been happening since the end of April. And you're in pain every day. Every single day. Mm -hmm. Terrible pain. We're skipping shows because I can't muster the energy knowing it's going to, you know, like I'm I'm an animated guy. (laughs) It's not just talking into a microphone. There's a lot more that goes into this. Or so I'd have you believe. And so I told them no. Well, they they called me back and they set me up with this system where they're going to outpatient me or outsource me to a civilian, to a normal, regular doctor. Which is what they're kind of forced to do because of the issues that the VA has been having with people dying because they're not providing care. Right. And so now they're being forced to create this new system, which it seems like you're benefiting from. It's called Veterans Choice, I think. Even though I didn't really have a choice, they just, they set the appointment. Anyway, my new appointment is not August 22nd, it is June 28th. The day after your birthday. The day after. At least it's not on my birthday. Well, on your birthday, you're still going to have to be in pain. So that's a bummer. Well, you know, maybe it would be a good birthday present to have this pain alleviated. Yeah. Through an appointment. Yes. Or through some kind of pharmacological remedy. Yes. Or even just rub my fucking neck. Do something. God <laughs> damn. So anyway, that that's going on. But back to the other issue. It's, look, I'm, I'm a 40-year-old guy. You know, it's it's not that big a deal for me to have to wait a little bit for an appointment. But what if I was 85 and it was a life or death situation and they needed me to wait until August 22nd? Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not just absurd. It's fucking obscene. And the Veterans Administration, our government and the American people owe those 85-year-old men who really saw some hell relative to their military service, they owe it to them to do the right thing. Not so much me. Well, listen, I heard that there's someone running for president who's the most militaristic person on the Mm. planet. He is, too. Despite his five (laughs) times dodging the draft. So I've heard something And I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders. Sounds good. I'm talking about Donald Trump. Sounds real militaristic. (laughs) Like he'll be real helpful. All right. Well, he gets it. Enough about me and friend of the show, Donald Trump. Let's let's talk about you, Brittany. (laughs) I want to start the show talking. Listen, everybody knows me to be the hothead between the two of us. Well, I'm the one who goes off on rants and goes a little nutty. (laughs) I have to be reeled in all the time. Mm-hmm. And this had to happen last night between you and me, but I had to reel you in. Brittany and I recently started re-watching the HBO original series, Six Feet Under. The best show. Very good show. And a scene was on TV. I'm getting mad just reliving this. Where two gentlemen were driving back from wherever in a car they're mm-hmm. in a car driving yeah and the driver of the vehicle is jerking the goddamn wheel he's jerking a wheel back and forth like he you know just like oh like it's a weird tractor with a bunch of play in the steering wheel rather than just driving the car and Brittany gets really there are several pet peeves in cinema and on tv that really bother her why don't you regale the audience with the short 
but substantive list. Well, we didn't really formulate a list. I was only able to think of a couple <laughs> things, but the driving is for sure the biggest because I don't know if actors have just never driven a car or what, but no one jerks the wheel around like that. You don't need to constantly be moving up and down with your arms right, on the wheel. It's, it's like a, a five-year-old who's got a fake steering wheel, yes. and that's what they think you have to do. Keep moving it back and forth, back yes, and forth. Yes, when you're driving straight, <laughs> you never have to move the wheel unless your car is having like a serious alignment problem or something is very wrong okay so what's what's the other thing okay well this also happened on the same episode i was very angry it's not only this well go ahead let's see what it is okay i don't like scenes where people are like fighting very intensely almost to a domestic violence domestic dispute level and then they start having like passionate sex like they stop and they look at each other and then uh embrace and kiss yeah and then they start having sex i i hate that i hate those scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. i just uh, it drives me crazy well it's completely fucking unrealistic it's so just movies it's also not great when you're depicting like a domestic dispute <laughs> And right. then you have that. I don't know. Just just sending. Where they're tied together. Yeah. It's sending a bad message. Sending a bad message. Uh, well, there's all kinds of stuff like that that I don't like passionate, deep, open mouth, tongue, fluid exchanging, morning kissing when no one's brushed their teeth and it, it, everybody tastes like they had a, 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 a fucking <laughs> raccoon squat over their mouth and shit directly <laughs> into their mouth. And then they're opening on just blah, blah. No. You know, maybe some people are into that. Nobody does that. Okay, here's... Completely unrealistic. Here's another thing I don't like is when people are having sex and... Oh, I know this And let's too. say the man... You want me to say it? <laughs> so they get done. The man just evacuated his his DNA into the female. Yeah, and he finishes inside and her. And then they, he rolls off of her. Yeah. And then they just lay there and talk as that filth oozes out of her into the sheets, ruining the bed. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You painted it pretty well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, totally unrealistic. Yeah, there's just a bunch of things where I'll be watching something and I'll just sit there and think... You know, this isn't how people drive or this isn't how people do this. This is not how things work. (laughs) And I don't understand why someone isn't stopping and saying, you know what? I don't think you should drive like that. Or Or, or the director not saying, hey, quit jerking the wheel, dickhole. Have you ever driven a car? That's not how it works. Yeah. Or any of this stuff. I mean, what's going on? I have no, no idea. But I'm sure this isn't the the extent of acting pet peeves for people. So I would love to hear from the audience what their pet peeves are when it comes to Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yes. Maybe we could get an actor on the show to talk about what in the hell is going on. Yes. Because this is complete bullshit. All right. Well, going back a topic or two, speaking of my time in the United States Rapist Incorporated, the Marine Corps... We got an email from someone, and, uh, well, let's just let that be the segue. Hi, Brittany and Jesse. I've been reading some disturbing books recently related to rape and war, followed by some research, resulting in a few random thoughts. I always found it interesting how much Jesse is proud to have been a Marine and how much both of you get angry about rape. I despise any military forces. All wars are between men and the first to suffer are women. 
globally, every war. Women are treated as objects up to this day in peace and especially at war. And when this happens at war, it is usually never punished. So I don't see why Jesse would be so proud to see himself as a part of this quote-unquote community. Regards, Julia. Well. She put my name first, which is not surprising. (laughs) Where where to start? First of all, listen, you're right. There is certainly a problem with sexual assault um, in all facets of our society. It's not just a military thing. But let's address first the grouping thing and how I'm proud. The Marine Corps is not an organization of rape. And if I was to not be proud of being a Marine, it would be like you wanting to disassociate yourself with being a human being because human beings rape. It would be like, wow, I don't want to be an American or wherever you're from because people of my nationality rape. Let's say you're black and you you, you have no pride in being black because Bill Cosby is black and he raped. It just doesn't line up for me. The other thing, and I would challenge, you didn't give us any statistics or any sources or any citations for what you said. I'm not disputing most of what you said because rapes do take place and they're terrible. But what I would take issue with is the fact or your claim that they rarely get punished. When when atrocities like this get carried out by Marines, and that's all I could speak for, They are punished. They are punished with prison sentences. They are punished on a one-to-one level in a close unit context. I would say it's more rare than not for, for, for someone to get away with such a heinous crime. Well, I don't want to spoil upcoming topics in the show, but we are going to be talking about um, Kim Jong-un and how he is slowly but surely creating weapons that are getting closer and closer to America. Yeah, sure. And so when I hear someone say, I despise any military force, I guess I'm kind of confused by that sentence. Well, I think, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but I believe that to be very naive. Sometimes war is a necessary negative. War is a necessary evil because without it, terrible men come to power. And without the military, without force, without loss of life, they will rule the world as it was the case with Nazi Germany. He was systematically taking over Europe. And hadn't it been for the intervention of the United Kingdom and Russia and finally the United States, the world would be a very different place right now. So war, yeah, it's terrible. It is shitty. But it exists because men are are human. Men are imperfect. So it is, again, unfortunately necessary. 
Well, and, and I think this message, it comes across as very black and white. And I think that the conversation deserves a little bit more gray, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so it's a very complicated thing. And I would have been interested to to see the research, you know, so if this person listens, you know, next time or even go ahead and send it now um, when you're talking about the disturbing books that you're reading and, and the research that you're pulling, um, you know, from databases, I, I would love to see it. I, yeah, lo- I love that stuff. Yeah, I love sure. reading statistics. I love all that stuff. Listen, um, I'm always open. And I think you are, too, Brittany, to having our minds changed. If there's facts and data and reasonable analysis, I'm open. But from my experience, albeit anecdotal, I didn't serve with a bunch of rapists. I served, you know, there's some dumb guys. <laughs> being dumb is different than being a rapist. I yeah, think. but I mean, it's not all just noble patriots out there like you, like oh, you right. would, they would have you believe. Right. Some guys are just, they were out of options, so they joined the Marine Corps. But listen, I joined for love of country, for a sense of duty and service to my nation. I didn't join because I could go out and rape willy-nilly, nor did I do so. So yeah, I'm, I'm still proud. I'm, I'm proud of having served in the United States Marine Corps. I think um, I left my corps and my country better after having served. So I, I, it is, I understand the points that you're making. I just... I just simply don't agree. All right. Thank you, though, for the email. We really we really appreciate it. All right. Moving on to, again, another cavalcade of communication in the way of voicemails. And again, all about, all spurned from John and his voicemail earlier about radical atheist extremist, radical lesbian extremist. And it was the the lesbian extremist moniker that sparked this particular voicemail. Hey, this is Amy Shepard from Memphis, Tennessee. And while I was definitely not listening to I Doubt It with Dalmore, um and the discussion of possible lesbian extremists with body count, just because I'm an art geek um, and maybe, just maybe, you can count Valerie Solanas as a lesbian extremist but or feminist extremist, but um, she was also deranged and has lots of uh, mental issues. So possibly you can say that her shooting Andy Warhol was um, part of and based off of her feminism slash lesbianism. But that's the only one I can think of, and I think that was still mostly just a uh, her own little machinations that caused her to do that. Uh, but I, she wrote this film manifesto about why we should kill lots and lots of men. So that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. If that counts, maybe it does. <laughs> I, I'm sure that it does count. Uh, I, I think really the point being that is that she doesn't sum up. She, she's the exception to the rule. There's always going to be an exception. And the fact that there is a woman who could be categorized as a radical lesbian <laughs> extremist, one, you we, we should call her that if that's what she was. I don't even know who that is, sorry. Uh, but two... I don't either. But two, it's... 
what's her what's the body count? You know what I mean? Radical Islamism is responsible for in the year 2014 30,000 deaths. 30,000. What's hers? One, have radical lesbian extremists taken over and you have to fear going to the mall during Christmas time or just going to a, a club on a random Friday or Saturday night because the radical lesbian extremists might kill you. Well, I think that's kind of what you were getting at with your point there is that there's no... Thank you. Thank you for congealing it down. There's no lesbianism doctrine that she was following that has been published and uh, followed for years uh, where people are going to it for inspiration um, and support for their ideas before they go out and kill a bunch of men apparently um so i'm a little freaked out (laughs) you should be you should be very nervous to do whatever you're gonna do tomorrow on your birthday on my birthday that's no longer public that's that's in the public domain now it's no longer copyrighted the the birthday song oh really last year about a year ago it's fucking way in the weeds but um, you know, if a song, I think it's 70 years and then a song is in the public domain and it, it could it could be recorded and royalties don't have to be paid. But Interesting. Bir- the birthday song is one of those. All right. Jessapedia, everybody. Next, <laughs> next, next voicemail from Brandon about the same topic. Just a lesbian free voicemail. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, this is Brandon from Georgia. I'm calling in about the uh, Orlando thing and the um, uh, radical Islam issue, and uh, I apologize in advance for making this an ongoing thing. But I would like to point out that it's not, you know, more radical liberals who want a more nuanced um discussion about this, specifically using radical to distinguish it, it's the right wing who, quite frankly, they don't want Obama to say radical Islam. The whole point of the talking point is that he doesn't say it as a dog whistle that he's a secret Muslim or is on their side. And that's what it really seems to me to be about. Now, Me personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, we all know who ISIS is, what they stand for, what they're about. You know, it seems like they're making mountains out of molehills, which, yeah, that's kind of their thing. Um, Anyway, guys, love the show. Um, Haven't been listening that long, but figured I'd call in weighing in this issue. And, uh, yeah, I hope to listen to you guys again. Love the show, but it's the best part. And, uh, Jesse, you're not that either. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. And, you know, you're you're not as shitty as you could be, <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. So thank you for the call, Brandon. Um, so this was kind of what I was trying to get at, whereas right-wing people own the narrative right now. And there are certain people, certain liberals, that are trying to take it back. So, yes. Guys like Sam Harris. And Majid Nawaz yeah. and many others are are saying, no, we want you to use 
the term radical Islam because it is a more nuanced argument. It's separating the radicals from the entire religion. But right-wing individuals have taken monopoly over this idea. I agree with and that. said, you know, I know he needs to be saying it. Yeah, because he probably is a secret Muslim and all these things. So there's kind of a war right now over what the real meaning is of why he should be using that term. Yeah, I agree with Brandon's point there that conservatives don't really want him to say it. The fact that he's continuing to not say it gives them power and gives them relevance in the conversation because it is, like he said, a dog whistle of he's a secret Muslim or he's secretly aligned with the Islamic agenda. It's a good point. It doesn't go, it's not lost. All right, again, thank you, Brandon. We appreciate it very much. Well, here is the second voicemail from the aforementioned John, who kind of kicked all of this off with his voicemail from last episode, talking about the radical atheist extremists and radical lesbian extremists and admonishing us that we really shouldn't say radical Islam extremists, radical Muslim extremists. Hola, persons. John from Pennsylvania again. Can't tell you, uh, finally got through that last show. Uh, obviously I was a bit busy. Took me several days to get through an hour show. But, uh, I gotta say, that was bracing. I mean, who needs coffee anymore? <laughs> Methamphetamines for that matter. Just make a statement on the Dollamore show and they'll wake you up. Uh, <laughs> really good. Love you guys. You're the best. Uh, I don't see myself as a dissenting opinion, really. Just another one or another view. And, uh, Jesse, for the record, I do get to count Stalin and Pol Pot and Teshwen or Shwente or that dictator of Myanmar. Oh, and, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, who stated, if there is no God, then there's nothing to alter my behavior <laughs> or something to that effect. So just because there's not an actual doctrine saying hate these people or kill these people, people still do bad things, doctrine or no doctrine. And when there is a doctrine, usually we use that to justify our own prejudices, much like every Supreme Court justice has done with the Constitution, with all the different interpretations thereof. But the show's great. I love you guys. You say great things, and I agree with you most of the time. Really good. For the record, Brittany, you're the scary one, not Jesse. Brittany's the scary one. That's all i got to say about that. <laughs> that I will continue listening and continue talking and moving that conversation forward. Thank you for being here, guys. Bye-bye. I have to say, one, I'm not going to rehash all the arguments, all the, 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 the ways in which I disagree with that particular argument about there not being a defined doctrine. We're not going to get into that again. If you'd like to hear that, go back, listen to episode 226. However, I would like to say that we really do have an awesome audience. The fact that they can disagree and we can disagree with them and still have a civil dialogue and still retain them as listeners means that they're intellectually honest, they're intellectually stable, and the conversation is important to them. And by them, I mean you guys <laughs> out there. It really, it's 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 uh it's gonna sound corny, but it is it's heartwarming. I really do appreciate it. 
I mean, you can't just say that I'm the scary one and not give any explanation for that. So <laughs> next time, next time. Maybe for the third call, we'll, we'll hear that. So again, thank you, Amy. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, John. We appreciate the calls very much. If you too would like to sound off to the show, express your opinion about this or any other topic, 657-464-7609, that is is our voicemail line. You can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail there. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We appreciate all communication. It is important and is really the lifeblood of this program that we're building and the teamwork that we are starting to really establish through all of these different voicemails from all of these different people. So we appreciate it very, very much. Well, in concert with the theme that we've been talking about over the last few episodes, especially about the radical Christian extremist and these types, we've talked about Steven Anderson. We talked about Roger Jimenez in Sacramento. Well, there's a new guy. His name is Donnie Romero, who is spouting the same type of hate. There's one point at the very beginning of Judges 14 in the first three verses, but before I do that, I do want to address something that's been going on, and it is uh, Pastor Roger Jimenez, who is a friend of ours, he's a friend of mine, and he's a very godly man, and he preached a sermon about this shooting in Orlando where 50 sodomites supposedly were killed by another, I think I heard he was a sodomite himself, and... Uh, whether he was or he wasn't, they say he was a Muslim, and, and uh, he preached a sermon about the uh, saying in the sermon that he was glad and happy that the 50 sodomites were dead. And I just want to say, first of all, for our church and for anybody else listening, I agree 100% that with Pastor Roger Jimenez, these 50 sodomites are all perverts and yes. pedophiles. Yeah. And they are the scum of the earth. And the earth is a little bit better place now. And I'll even take it a step further because I heard on the news today that there are still several dozen of these queers in ICU and intensive care. And I will pray to God like I did this morning. And I will do it tonight. And I will pray that, that God will finish the job that that man started. And he will end their life. And by tomorrow morning, they will all be burning in hell just like the rest of them so that they don't get any more opportunities to go out and to hurt little children. And Christians today... Uh, and where I feel offended and where I feel like people are wronging the Bible and I, where I feel like the problem is, is not with the world. I, I don't expect the world to stand with God. I don't expect all this new evangelical, fake, you know, uh, Christianity of today, these big fun center churches to stand with God. Do you know who I'm expecting to stand with God? The Bible-believing, independent, fundamental, so-called Baptist preachers. And they are the ones that are siding up with the world against men like Pastor Roger Jimenez. Goddamn. Well, listen, it's one thing when you're standing before the flock of the faithful before you. It's another thing when you get confronted by someone outside of, in the world, in the media, and you make zero attempt to sugarcoat your hateful message. Here he is, Christian, pastor, Donnie Romero, being asked questions of the local media. 
Romero did not back down from his comments when we pressed him after his sermon Sunday. Do you really believe that we're better off without those 50 people? Absolutely I do. The Bible teaches that they are predators and I believe that every sodomite is a pedophile and is a predator. Do you believe you're preaching a message of hate? I believe that it, I believe that in that retrospect it is a message of hate. Romero went on to explain his comments with this. Just like if there was a building that had a bunch of rapists or a bunch of uh, you know, evil, murderous people and the building collapsed on them or something happened where they were all killed, I don't think it is something that we should mourn over because they're evil people. Again, I want to reiterate why I am playing these clips. It's because Steven Anderson in Tempe, Arizona isn't just an anomaly. He's not just a one-off. Roger Jimenez in Sacramento, California, isn't just, ah, there's just two of them. And Donnie Romero isn't just, oh, there's only three of these dudes. These are easily able to be found. These are the guys who are getting the press right now. These guys exist by the thousands in the Christian faith. And we should call them out as radical Christian extremists who are spewing hate, which is 100% justified by using the Bible. Well, it looks like the faithful, decent people of America and the world are starting to become active and put pressure on certain private businesses to cut off the support for these particular age, these particular men and their organizations and their congregations of hate and divisiveness. Here is, again, Pastor Stephen Anderson talking just the other day about the problems that he and his compatriots are facing in light of their public hatred for the LGBT community. Let me tell you something, there is a full out war going on on this subject right now. The bunch of filthy sodomite perverts, and if you don't like it, get out of here. They're at war with us tonight. Wow. And you know what? If you're fearful and afraid and you don't want to stand up for the truth, just get out of here because I'm sick of looking at your cowardly face. <laughs> Not going to put up with it. Let me tell you something. It's war. You know what the, the filthy sodomites have done toward our church and us and our friends and our fellow pastors that actually have the guts to say what needs to be said? Here's what they've done in the last few weeks. They got our PayPal account shut down so that we can't take any more online donations. We set up with another company, GiveLet. They got that shut down. QGive, they got that shut down. BitPay, they got that shut down. They shut down our iTunes podcast. They shut down uh, Brother Jimenez's PayPal account. They shut down Brother Romero's PayPal account. Uh, they shut down Paul Wittenberger's store where he sells all of his films and everything. His livelihood, that's his job. I mean, that's how he makes his money. They shut down his Framing the World store off Big Cartel. I mean, they, the, the, the landlord of Pastor Jimenez is saying, hey, we're not going to renew your lease. I mean, these people are dedicated. 
These people are researching. They're finding out, you know, where we bank. They're finding out who we do business with. They're trying to get us shut down on all fronts. And you know what? Let me tell you something. I'm sick of it, and I'm not going to back down. So at this point, he has jumped up onto his lectern, up onto the podium behind which he speaks. And he is standing on top of it, kneeling down because his head is going to hit the ceiling, pointing and screaming at his congregation. He's, he's gone a little nutty. And I'm sick of people not backing me up on this. And you know what? If you're not going to back us up, then get out of here. We don't need your help. Get on out you know of what? here. We have hundreds of people, hundreds of people here <laughs> that will not compromise. And if you're not one of them, then get out. Amen. I don't want to hang around with a bunch of fag hags God and damn. a bunch of queer baits and a bunch of effeminates. Get out. Amen. Look, no one in a million years would have thought when I was a child that our country would ever accept this stuff amongst Christians. You are insane. You, you think I'm preaching too hard. You have lost your mind. And if you ever say the word LGBT community to me, you, just, you might as well just walk up to me and just say, you know what, I'm a brainwashed idiot. <laughs> I don't read the Bible. Oh, God. I don't love God. I'm just a brainwashed fool that has my mind filled with TV, Hollywood, and can't think for myself. Wow. LGBT. They're sodomites. They're dogs. That's what the Bible calls them. Dogs. Dogs. Wow. Loving. Christ love is just emanating in that room, is it not? Yeah. The irony is thick that he's calling anybody who would disagree with him a brainwashed idiot yeah well he's also complaining that all these businesses are fleeing from their vicinity yeah they don't want to be associated with him and his hatred yeah lest they lose business and (laughs) i mean that's what he wants once again capitalism at work well, that's what he would advocate for, right? On the other side oh, of the token, of well, they shouldn't have to guy. bake a cake. Yeah. Okay. Well, they shouldn't have to do business with you, dude. How about right. that? That's right. Why don't you just own up to what's happening to you? But then he also talked about um, Pastor Jimenez, who yeah. is not having his lease renewed by his landlord. Yeah, he's not getting kicked out. No, because he can't, right? But um, the lease is being renewed in March of 2017. The and lease they- is up. For renewal. Right. And they said... (laughs) It's not being renewed. Right. They said, we are not renewing that. And they have encouraged him to move out before that. Just encouraged him. no penalty. Like, hey, if you want to leave early... Right. eh, We'll let you get out of here. Right. So not renewing the lease, have encouraged him to leave and go find somewhere else to uh, have his church situation (laughs) thing that he has. You're so magnanimous with your descriptions. His church situation (laughs) whatever's going on it's a fucking shit show yeah it is it's a circus of fucking hate is what it is i don't expect you to speak in the terms of jesse dollimore yes Brittany. Mm -hmm. but that's what it is these aren't one-offs this is a serious situation in the united states and globally this kind of sentiment among christians 
is rampant in Africa. And I think we're showing that it's not exactly rare in the United States of America. Well, I just got deleted by a person that uh, I used to go to church with. Yeah. An older woman who I was truthfully never a fan of. Um, (laughs) But especially when I started seeing some very, very hateful posts. I mean, along the lines of what this guy is saying. I mean, the, the final straw, I think was when she made a post about how Islam um, teaches pedophilia. Right, right. And how, like, the transgender movement is because of Islam. Like, that's where it came from. That's who's advancing like, like it. they condone transgender people. Right, or like and they're they... not throwing gays off of fucking buildings. Exactly. And <laughs> I think she didn't appreciate how I said she has more in common with Muslims than she seems to realize. Wow, you're you're more bold on the Facebooks than you are here on the program. You just have you have similar <laughs> religious beliefs. You have similar yes. religious beliefs. Uh, well, you're 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 one is just a branch of the other. Yeah. So I don't understand these people who want to demonize the other one. They're yeah. pretty similar. You guys are pretty similar on a lot of issues, <laughs> right. a lot of core issues. You know what I mean? So good. Anyway, another one bites the dust, and uh, <laughs> it happens. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. All right. Speaking of another one biting the dust, this might come to pass here. North Korea, I was going to say president, but dictator Kim Jong-un is apparently letting his his desire for conflict with the United States be anything but ambiguous. North Korea's vicious young dictator exploding with confidence tonight. His government's news anchor uses new, very aggressive language to project Kim Jong-un's threat. Kim Jong-un said we now have the clear capacity to directly and realistically attack American bastards who continue to attempt to invade the Pacific. Are they talking about... Are are they talking about me? American (laughs) bastards? I think they are, yeah. Does Kim Jong-un hate me individually personally just personal hatred yes planning to bomb your humble host kim's just tested two medium-range ballistic missiles one failed but weapons monitors call the other one a partial success because the missile flew 250 miles and even briefly entered space saying that he can realistically attack Americans and not just the U.S. in general. That's a new level of threatening language from Kim, right? Yes. The the potential for provocation and and provocative language is enhanced by Kim uh, by the fact that now he has the technology that goes to match the language. When Kim perfects the so-called Musadon missiles he just tested, experts say he'll be able to strike the Aleutian Islands in Alaska or U.S. military units on Guam. A U.S. intelligence official tells CNN tonight Kim's aggressive language, his celebration of this missile launch, underscores his regime's aspiration to be recognized as a nuclear power. Analysts say Kim also wants to fend off the threat he perceives from his principal enemies, who've just wrapped up a massive military exercise on his doorstep. He wants to deter America from even threatening to intervene. He wants to deter South Korea at the same time, obviously. Um, And to do that, he wants to be able to say, I can attack American bases, kill Americans in their beds. 
Kim's also believed to be toughening up against the U.S., possibly to extort concessions, an attempt to get sanctions loosened. Although he's solidified his hold on power, analysts say if his economy gets squeezed too tightly, he won't be able to buy off North Korea's elites, and he could be threatened from within. But would this bold, impetuous young leader really provoke the Americans by striking them with a missile? Any real provocation where he fires one missile off that's with a real warhead does some damage, he'll be decimated. Uh, Pyongyang will become essentially a, a bowl of glass, and I think he knows that. Still, there are tens of thousands of Americans in Kim's line of fire. More than 28,000 American troops are deployed in South Korea. Analysts worry tonight that if Kim tries to provoke South Korea with artillery fire, maybe a commando raid, that a mishap, a miscalculation from Kim's forces could harm those Americans, then we could be in for a dangerous escalation. So what do we do here? It really is a question that is not easily answered. No. A lot of of nuance here, and this goes back to the earlier email from the listener. Julia. Right, that it's not always avoidable. And if we don't have armed forces, if we don't have military, this guy would run rampant. I mean, there's always the option of sending in like a folk singer to sing <laughs> Kim Jong-un, like a a, a song. Oh, you think Jason Mraz is available? Yeah, some sort of lullaby. <laughs> Put him in a trance. The remedy, the remedy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll, something will just overcome him and, and he'll want to hug us and no longer call us American bastards and I, indoctrinate <laughs> his entire country into hating Americans. I can probably get a hold of Brett Denon. Yeah. And he could... You could smoke some weed, go over there with the guitar, and just clear this whole thing up. Yes. It's just a misunderstanding. It really is. <laughs> I bet that Kim Jong-un's pretty reasonable like, once you get to know him. This going forward <laughs> is going to be a problem. It's going to be a more escalated situation because his technological cap- capability is growing. And he, yeah, Every test, he's able to lob a missile farther and farther and closer and closer toward the shores of the United States. Right. I've actually been wanting to talk about this for months, but we keep pushing it I, off. I've pushed it off because I'm like, nah, he always does this. Exactly. It's just craziness. It's exactly. no big deal. But now right. he can reach and that's what American I'll- citizen. It's a big deal now because he might not be, you know, aiming at Europe. He's he's clearly unhinged. And America is his target. Well, they're saying he can reach Guam right now. We have good friends that live on Guam right now. Yes, they're saying he can he can reach Guam and then he can reach another... Well, um, the Aleutian Islands. Oh, right, right, right. Alaska. Off of Alaska. But also, right. we've got thousands of soldiers and airmen stationed in South Korea right now. So it's a, this is a problem. Going forward, this is going to be something we need to deal with both diplomatically, and I, I don't mean that uh, colloquially, I mean that with diplomats, but also very delicately. Well, it's a good thing that Donald Trump has expressed openness to talking and sitting at the table right. with Kim Jong-un. Right. It, this is... It's a job for Donald Trump. God damn. Can you imagine? <laughs> what a fucking nightmare. So speaking of surprise attack, I'm going to talk about Patreon. Okay, we got a new patron. Yes. Chris. Yes. Chris. 
Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) We. Oh my God, Chris. (laughs) You feel so good, Chris. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) Nobody asked for that. Uh, no, no. Um, so I think we sent stickers out already, or no, we have not. That's Jesse's face. No, we have not. I'm looking for the envelope. Well, Chris. Chris lives in a city that's a very unique sounding city. Okay. <laughs> and then had the state of Alabama as his address. Okay. It didn't make sense to me. I've traveled the country a lot and I didn't think that this city existed in Alabama. Uh-huh. So I did a little research. Easy. I just looked up the zip code. Okay. And uh no, it's the what the city it's the state that I thought. So All right. they're going out. On my birthday. Yes. Monday. Yes. The 27th of June. Yeah. And if you became a patron before this point, you should have already received stickers. Yes. So if you haven't received stickers, please reach out to us. Ask us what the F we're doing and we'll get those out to you. We will immediately get those out to you. But for those of you who aren't patrons, listen, it's real fun. It's real good. Well, can I, can I cut in here? I mean, I guess. I thought I was doing okay, but... There is a level there. Well, you're doing fine, but there is a level there that we do... We said we were going to do Google Hangouts once a month, and we haven't fucking done that at all because I am a goddamn idiot. Yes. So starting in July, we want everybody to email us, let us know what will be the best day, and then we'll figure out a day, and then we'll do it. I don't know if we'll break it up into two parts... Or whatever, but we're going to start doing that on a monthly basis. A Google Hangout, and I want to have the groups be relatively small, so we'll end up doing more than one Google Hangout, so we can actually have a conversation. I don't want like 30 people. It wouldn't be that many, but 30 people inside of a group. I want it to be like, yeah, six or eight people. You know what I mean? Yes. So we're going to start doing that. Maybe that will be another incentive for someone to join Patreon, but without further ado... Continue, Brittany Page. Right. So you can choose any amount. You can set a monthly maximum. You can seriously choose any amount that you want to give to support us in our efforts to move the conversation forward. We do our best here to bring you informative episodes, two hour long episodes a week. And it really helps us kind of offset the cost associated with doing that great, great work that you love. Um, So please consider becoming a patron. And also you can give through PayPal. And if you shop at our link through Amazon on dollamore.com, we also get a little chunk of that. And that is no at no extra cost to you when you shop on Amazon That's as right. well. We always say, if you're going to spend your money anyway, why not help your favorite show filled with news, news. and ridiculous comment? All right. With that, let's get on with a very abbreviated segment of Dollamocracy. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So before we get into this, <laughs> I just want to talk about the Libertarian Town Hall really quick. Really quick. All right. So Gary Johnson and William... Bill Weld. Yes. He, both of them... Former governors of 
New Mexico and Massachusetts and Massachusetts. Both of them were on with Chris Cuomo on CNN and they did a town hall and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Very unorthodox, not like a normal scripted bullshit type of political event. It was very different in many ways, which we don't have to talk about here yet. Well, talk about a tremendous difference between these two individuals and the other people running for president. These seemed like normal people compared to the presidential candidates we have right now. I mean, right. just laid back, calm. Anyway, we will be talking more about this in a bonus episode that is to come. Woohoo! Thanks to our patrons on Patreon and PayPal again. Yes, because CNN, right after the town hall, they did not talk about the town hall. Which was bullshit. In fact, they never talked about the town hall. So I think it's important that if you didn't see it, you do hear it. So we are going to talk about it on a bonus episode. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you have been awake in the last 48 hours, you know that, that the United Kingdom has decided to break away from the European Union, to leave the European Union. We will not be talking about it at length here at all because I really do try to talk about things from an informed position. And I'm not a macro uh, economist. I'm not a I'm not an economist. It's <laughs> not my thing. Say, and yeah. listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance to this argument, a lot of education that needs to be had. I was shocked after the vote when I woke up. And found out that so many of the people with whom I went to high school and college had <laughs> all of a sudden become fucking experts. About the European Union. On the European Union, yeah. On on uh, the economy of Great Britain, about the regulation that was imposed upon Great Britain because of their entry into the European Union. So many things. The currency markets. Monthly, all, of, all of a sudden, everybody from, from uh, that I've known for my whole life, they were all money managers. They just knew all kinds of shit. Well, I'm not going to do that because I don't know about all that stuff. I think that what we will see going forward, we'll see what really happens. Obviously, the stock market took a dive. The global markets took a dive. The pound, um, its value dropped like 8 or 10%. But that's all temporary. That shit's going to come back. We know it's going to come back. So let's just wait and see what happens. I'm going to reserve judgment until we kind of see in the next six or eight or ten months after the, the, they extract themselves from the European Union. And we look, we're finding out now that that, not might, not, <clears throat> that that might not even be the case. They might even get a second vote here to say, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to get a redo. But they might. But in the wake of this, Donald Trump made some comments and Hillary Clinton put out a commercial. Barack Obama, though, he said some stuff related to the remarks of Donald Trump because Donald Trump went out there and was he was in Scotland the day after talking about his golf course, Turnberry, mm -hmm. about his awesome new sprinkler system and how it's great when the pound drops because then more people come to Turnberry and give him money. He had no empathy for the actual global situation at hand. The speech completely surrounded how he was going to do well financially because of it. Wants to be president of the United States and acts like a selfish asshole. Well, Obama 
had a few things to say. And we don't have time for charlatans, and we don't have time for hatred, and we don't have time for bigotry, and we don't have time for flim-flam, and we don't, we don't have the luxury of just popping off and saying whatever comes to the top of our heads. <laughs> I am going to be a flim-flam person. Brittany, did you hear what he said? And we don't have time for flim-flam. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for the flim-flam. Yeah, popping off. <laughs> yes. This is why I like second-term Obama. And we don't have time for flim-flam. <laughs> God damn. Oh, I love it. Well. We really don't, Ain't though. nobody got time for this. Hillary Clinton already put out a commercial. This is the beauty of the candidacy and the campaign of Donald Trump. That every single thing that this mook has to say, a commercial can be cut from the audio and the video to put him in the correct light. Here is an ad that was immediately released by the Hillary Clinton team. Enormous shockwaves from Britain's historic vote to leave the European Union. Global markets are plummeting. Every president is tested by world events. But Donald Trump thinks about how his golf resort can profit from them. When the pound goes down, more people are coming to Turnberry. Stocks tank around the world. Brand new sprinkler system, the highest level. He's talking about his new sprinkler system. In a volatile world, the last thing we need is a volatile president. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. It's just so, so easy. Re really? I mean, her video team, her advertising, her marketing, her, her, her uh, multimedia, digital media team, their work is fucking done for them other than the actual technical work. <laughs> I mean, when is he going to start even pretending to care about the welfare of other people? I don't think he gets it. I don't think he has an understanding of the larger picture. He really thinks, I'm a billionaire. If I'm doing well, then everybody's doing well. I don't think he has the capacity for empathy, which in connection would make him a sociopath. There's some level of psychopathy there in my wildly educated opinion, Brittany Page. Um, that's <laughs> what I'm... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> God damn, right? I mean, it's just insane that he wants to be president and he goes over there and he's promoting his business, not the agenda of the United States. Well, I do not make diagnoses when I have not... Um, even met the person. Right. So that is your job. Well, in other political news, on the other side of the coin, the Democratic side of the coin, and really, we're going to stick with this theme. And we don't have time for flim-flam. We don't have time for the flim-flam for the conspiracy theorists who are Bernie Sanders followers who will just not let it go. His candidacy is effectively over. The chances of him being the nominee, I mean, Hillary Clinton's going to have to die for, for him to become the nominee at this point. There's no chance. Well, he had this to say just the other day. Have you begun to prepare your speech for the convention? Will you speak at the convention? Well, uh, you know, it's hard to say. That is, uh, doesn't appear that I'm going to be the, the nominee, so I'm not going to be determining 
uh, the scope of the convention. And, you know, as you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a meeting with Secretary Clinton. And uh, How did that go? It was very good. I mean, look, I have known Secretary Clinton for 25 years. We served in the Senate together. So, so there you have it. He's admitting he's not going to be the nominee. So all of you out there, and listen, I, I applaud your efforts. I applaud your enthusiasm. I appreciate you propelling the campaign and the candidacy of Bernie Sanders this far along. But his remarks on another news show just two days ago brought this even further. He took it to a whole new level other than just saying he's not going to be the nominee. Turning back to, to our country's uh, <laughs> broiling politics, are you going to vote for Hillary Clinton in November? Yes. Yeah, I think uh, the issue right here is uh, I'm going to do everything I can to defeat Donald Trump. Uh, I think Trump, uh, in so many ways, will be a disaster for this country if he were to be elected president. We do not need uh, a president whose cornerstone of his campaign is, is bigotry, is, is uh, insulting uh, Mexicans and Latinos and, and Muslims and, and women uh, who does not believe in the reality of climate change when virtually every scientist who has studied this issue understands we have a global uh, crisis. This is not somebody who should become uh, president. Uh, but my job right now is is to fight for the strongest possible platform mm -hmm. uh, in the Democratic Convention. And as we speak in St. Louis, that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And that means a platform that represents working people, that stands up to big money interests. So if you're one of those Bernie Sanders fans, supporters, voters, who is vowing to not vote for Hillary Clinton who is vowing at all costs to stop Hillary Clinton from becoming president, well, you're either going to vote for, for Gary Johnson with the Libertarians, or you're going to allow Donald Trump to become the next president of the United States against the will of the candidate for whom you cast a vote. Even Bernie Sanders is publicly stating before the Democratic Convention that he's going to vote for Hillary Clinton in November. All right. Very close to wrapping it up here. Oh, I'm not clear on whether or not Bernie is going to vote for Hillary Clinton or if he's doing some kind of underhanded thing and going to take over the DNC still. Because I've been seeing a lot of stuff where he's he's still working undercover, right? Hmm. Are you going to vote for Hillary Clinton in November? Yes. Yeah, I think uh, the issue right here is uh, I'm going to do everything I can to defeat Donald Trump. Hmm. Kind, kind of clear. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess all that stuff I'm seeing is... Well, do you think he's that manipulative? Do you think he's that underhanded, conniving? Or do you think he's kind of a straight-shooting guy? Like he's been this entire time. Yeah, but someone I know just posted an hour ago that Bernie Sanders won California just now, just oh, today. Oh, okay. You're being funny. <laughs> yeah, I saw a bunch of memes about this. <laughs> See, why is it that I'm, si I'm sitting right across from you, and I think you're being serious. I'm sure the audience really <laughs> thought you were being serious. Yeah, but po politicsbreaking.com is like... <laughs> I'm sure U.S. Uncut. Yeah. High times. Yeah. 
I, there's so many sources. Did green science come out on this with an article? Listen, your newswire is telling me what's going on here. Foodbabe.com did some hard-hitting <laughs> investigative journalism. Listen, there was a comment on a Food Network recipe. It had a lot of insider details. Real, real good. All right. Well, let's finish with kind of an unconventional unconventional segment or an unconventional recipient of this particular segment. It's the asshole of today. Donald Trump. What? And not only is it Donald Trump, but we're going to get a little bit of this in there. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this is the tootin'. The tooting of your own horn. Yeah, well, I've been talking about this for months, that Donald Trump is absolutely not self-funding You have his campaign. That he is loaning himself the goddamn money, so when he does, if he does get the nomination, which it looks like he's going to get it, that he will be able to pay himself back for the money. Well, there are multiple aspects to this particular story. Let's start with the fact that he is absolutely not self-funding his campaign. That he is raising money. I spent $55 million on my own campaign of my money. Okay, of my money. And by the way, if the Republican Party, and I hope they all come together because I want them to come together, it's great. But if for any reason they get a little bit like they don't want to help out as much, then I'll fund my own campaign. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. You know, right now I'm raising... Wait, I, I thought he was already funding his campaign. Now he's threatening, now he's threatening to, to, to self-fund his fan c- campaign? Yeah, because he would love to do that. Wait, I, but I thought he was already doing that. No, he would just love to do it. Oh, he'd love to do it. Yeah. Because now he's not... Wait. I don't... What's happening? (laughs) Donald Trump. A lot of money for the Republican Party and a lot of beneficiaries to that. And I like doing it. But we have to have help. We have to have help. They have to be... It's got... You know, life is like a two-way street, right? It's a two-way street. (laughs) So they have to... Otherwise, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I'll just keep funding my own campaign. I'm okay with that. That's the easy way. I mean, for me, that's the easy way. But hopefully I can continue to go the way we're going. This weekend we raised a lot of money. We've raised a lot of money for the Republican Party. We'll keep doing it because we do have tremendous support within the party. That I can tell you. We have tremendous support. Wait, wait, wait. Raising money? Well, I don't, I don't understand. Donald Trump is self-funding. Why would he need to, to, to raise money? It doesn't make any sense. Good question. He's here. a straight-up man. who He doesn't need to... Well, I don't get it, Brittany Page. <laughs> All right. Well, here is what makes him the asshole of today. That not only is he raising money, not only is he spending money from his campaign with money raised by by Americans who believe he's self-funding, which I don't understand that, but he's also paying himself with campaign funds. He is famously rich, famously boastful, and from the very beginning of this campaign, he made sure everyone knew Donald Trump would be like no other candidate in the race. Because I don't need anybody's money. It's nice. 
I don't need anybody's money. I'm using my own money. Donald Trump may be using his own money, but he's also spending a lot of that money on Donald Trump. In one of the odder twists in an ever odder campaign, the candidate who owns jets, resorts, hotels, and office buildings is apparently making sure that's the very jet, resorts, hotels, and office buildings his campaign is using. Nobody's going to be taking care of me. I don't want anybody's money. Newly released Federal Election Commission expenditures show Donald Trump, the candidate, has been spending millions on Donald Trump, the businessman. And it's all perfectly legal. Trump's campaign has paid Trump's tag air $4.6 million to use the Trump jet. Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort? Well, that's been paid $423,000. Trump restaurants? 133,000. It goes on and on. Tens of thousands to Trump golf courses, thousands to Trump hotels, even $3,900 to son Eric Trump's winery. Altogether, it adds up to about $6.3 million. Roughly 10% of Trump's campaign spending is on, well, businesses run, operated, or owned by the candidate himself. Donald Trump has self-financed most of this campaign by loaning his campaign his own money. There it is. Now, will he eventually end up profiting on his campaign for president? Unless he releases those tax returns way down the road, we may never know. Asshole of today. And a little toot my, my own horn. Yeah, for good measure. Of course, you can't not have that. Unbelievable, though. 10% of his campaign expenditures have been spent on himself. He's profiting. He is pouring money into his financial coffers of his many businesses through the process of running for president while taking money from the American people after he said he wouldn't do so. It's pretty alarming. It's not surprising, no, though. No, that is exactly right. It's not surprising. Which is... Also scary because he is going to be the GOP's nominee for uh, president, president of the United States. Disgusting. All right. With that <laughs> happy news, we're going to leave you. We appreciate you guys. We will see you back next time. And I might have a prognosis for my goddamn neck. We will see. But I will also be one year older yep. at that time. Mm-hmm. All right. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this is I Doubt It. A fucking <laughs> raccoon squat over their mouth and shit directly into their mouth. <laughs>